Welcome to RPME. This is Saratoga Best. We are in the series talking about um, resetting the nature of nature for Gimel Tammuz. And based on the Sichel, we're seeing that this is a large piece of what Gimel Tammuz is all about. We have really three Gimel Tammuzes in history that we're focusing on. The time of Yeshua, the time of the Friedrich Rebbe, also the Parsha, which is not Gimel Tammuz, but the same the same issue. And then, of course, our Gimel Tammuz. Um, in order to understand our Gimel Tammuz, almost 30 years ago, and our Gimel Tammuz today, we want to know what it was and what we're really supposed to do with it. Now, the interesting thing is, um, last night I was on a call. I didn't identify myself. I was listening to a program, and um, nobody made comments. They, they kept asking for comments, and they wanted discussions, so I typed up and made comments. And I felt that, and I'm saying this for a reason, I felt that we take it for granted that uh, everybody wants to know how to be more connected to the Rebbe on Gimel Tammuz. I don't know why we take that for granted. I think that certain people do, and other people are thinking about other things in life. Um, and and so we need to go back to a more basic step. We need to go back to – we could say that for certain people, being connected to the Rebbe and wanting to be more connected to the Rebbe is their very, very nature. That's what life is about. And then for other people, that's not on the surface what life is about. The question is, why are we assuming that about them? And it's, the question is, is that really what life is about for them? Does every Jew need a Meishar Does every even non-Jew have to need a Meishar Can there be service of Hashem without Meishar Can there, for, for, for a year, can there be for the rest of the world? Can there be a world without Meishar So really, we were taught that unless there's a Nathiyadar, in a physical body, in this world, at every single moment, there is no world. He is the one through whom Hashem sends down and manifests the world. This is the way I was taught. We heard it from Rabbi Gorelish many years ago. We heard it many times since then. However, one understands that. So if that's the case, then we understand that the role of Maishu Rebbeinu in creation, in the world, not in creation, but in the world as it stands, for Jews and for non-Jews, Lahabdil, is the role of Maishu Rebbeinu is critical. And it has to do with every single thing in my life. And therefore, obviously, I would want to be more connected to the connecting piece although you can't call it a piece, the, the connection with true life, the connection with true life is connection with Hashem. And that has an impact on, as I always say, my car, my parking spot, my this, my that, all of that stuff. Everything that I call life, whether I'm much more involved with Gashmias or much less involved with Gashmias, it's a, it's, a, it's a tiny difference between the person who's deeply spiritual and only thinking about learning all the time and the person who's deeply gashmistic and always redoing their kitchen. There's a very tiny difference. When we look at life from down here, 
we feel like there's a huge gap there. Spiritual people and there's people that all they're ba- all they're doing all day is redoing their kitchen, then they finish their kitchen, then they redo their living room, then they redo their living room, then they redo the bathroom and then they and then they make a bigger porch and then da 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 da. They're so different. From a higher perspective, it's a millimeter difference. It's a it's a it's a teeny tiny difference. Because there's a core to every yid. And there's a core to all of mankind that is seeking what the Rambam says. The occupation of the entire world will be nothing other than to know God. Why? Everyone will sense. Everyone will sense that there is no life without God. It will become obvious to everybody and everybody will want to have a deeper and deeper and deeper connection with God. So how all of nature fits into this whole thing, this into this relationship with God, which we're postulating every single Jew and every single person in the world at the deepest core level wants a deep connection with Hashem, with God, and wants a deep connection with the, with the Maishar Bainu of the generation, the Nasiyadash, because he experiences the true life comes through that. That's the, that's the statement that Tyra says. So, and then it's for us to look at it and say, okay, do, do I feel that applies to me? And then really look at our lives and match them up with what Tyra says and say, hmm, I feel it applies to me. It doesn't apply to me. Let's look deeper into myself. Definitely between what I think and what Tyra thinks, I know which one loses and which one wins. You know, it doesn't matter how many maimaram I'm learning. The minute I say, well, I don't agree with Tara, then I know that I have to look deeper into myself because I, I, you know, one there's me and there's where Tara says. You know, one is ultimate truth and then there's my opinion. So, and it gives me an opportunity to um, look deep, more deeply into myself. Same thing with nature. Nature has, has an opinion. Yeah, there's no God. We said that yesterday. There's no God. Nature acts like it has an opinion. There's no God. Come on. And it's for nature to look deeply into itself and ask, did I get that right? Cyrus says there is. So which one is right? So that, so Gimel Thomas comes along and came along in the year, I guess, 2488. And, as we said, reboots all of nature. Takes nature from being very oppositional to the truth about Hashem, about God, and gets it on board. So that nature stops stops its fight against Hashem. Nature, at the beginning, saying, Good oh God, come on. And then getting on board and starting to be in sync with what Tyrus says. And more and more and more and more and more and more throughout history. As we go forward in history, it be, the, the, the link between the two becomes more obvious. Nature, what is all of Jewish history all about besides us? What is the world doing throughout all of Jewish history? Getting on board with the truth. More and more and more and more. 
And Gimel Thomas is a big chunk, big piece in this. So let's look at um, the part in the Parsha, which is also part of the Sikha, which is the same energy. I don't want to say the same theme because the theme seems like just, but the same energy, which is the transformation of nature. The, the transformation of the nature, nature of nature. So here was this story that happened in the Parsha about the stick of iron. It's called Parach Mata Aaron. Here you came along. Here there were these people who were questioning the Kahuna. Kairach came along. Kairach and his group were questioning Maishar Benu and they were, they were questioning Aaron. And they said, why you? And there was a whole question about the, the lineage of, of um, Kairach. They essentially, essentially was saying, why do you feel that you have this, you, you are supposed to have this exalted position? We can all be like you. We can all be like you. Essentially, in modern terms, it would express itself as that view that says, if I just work on myself enough, I can also be a Moses. I can also be Moses. Moses was just, there is a view, it's not a true view. There is an argument that says, Moses was just a special individual who worked very hard on himself till he got to the level that he got to. And if anybody, everybody else can work that hard and they will get there. Yet Moses, Maishar Bain was born a tzaddik and the Nasiyadar, and he is, he's in a way set aside for a higher role. And seeing him enables us to move higher and higher and higher in ourselves. So, so they came along and said, who says you should be the leader? And so what did Maishar Benu say? He said, okay, every, every one of these, the tribes has its own staff, its own stick. And so everybody, take your stick of your, that belongs to the head of your tribe, write your name on it, on your stick, and then Aaron, the name of Aaron will be written on the stick of Levi, shaved Levi. And we will put all of these sticks, all of these staffs, into the Mishkan, leave them there overnight. God will decide. In the morning, we'll take them all out, and we'll see if one is different. Okay. The one that is chosen to be set aside, his dry stick. A stick is something that was on a tree, and it's no longer on a tree. When it was Connected to the tree, it was soft and supple and alive. Once it's off the tree, and it's been off for a while, it's hard, rigid, dry, and it's no longer alive. So while it's on the tree, it can produce buds, flowers, you know, leaves, foliage. When it's off the tree and it's already dead, it cannot. So the question was, was somebody sick of these 12, or 13, I guess, going to produce foliage? It's a dead stick. Dead sticks don't produce foliage. And so Maishra Benu put them all away. And then in the morning, Vayava Mashal Ayala Edus, he took out all the sticks. Maishra did. And what did he see? Parach Maka Aaron, the base lady. The stick of base lady, Aaron Akayan stick his brothers, it was full of foliage. And what did you see? What did you have on it? You had buds, 
flowers and fruits. Because when something, since, you know, we're very involved with our fruit tree before Pesach in front of our house, so we know that first a, a, a tree will produce a little bud. Out of that, then you'll have, you'll have a flower. Eventually you'll have a flower. What's the flower? The flower is kind of a way to, many things, but a way to attract the birds and all of this and the bees to come to it. And then they cross-pollinate, take the pollen from one to the other, and then eventually the flower falls off. And what do you have growing from the flower? A fruit. This is a natural way of growth. First a little bud, then eventually the flower, then eventually flower is gone, then the fruit. Okay, how long does it take? A few weeks. We now have cherries on our cherry tree, and anybody wants to come and pick them off, they are ready. We don't know what to do with them because there are so many. So, right, same place you say the bracha on the cherries. Um, I probably should write it on WhatsApp. Please come and pick the cherries now from the cherry tree. So in the morning, they saw on Aaron's stick that he had buds, flowers, and fruits. What kind of fruits? Almonds. And Lysha took this stick out and showed it to everybody and said, well, now we know that Aaron has been set aside and chosen. So that all Yidin should see, the Abishu said, Hashem is mate Aaron Then Hashem said, now, t- now that everybody has seen it, and the kahuna of Aaron is proven, now put it back into the Mishkan, into the, Ayo, uh, into the Mishkan, and keep it there forever. This will be a sign that I have chosen Aaron and the kahuna forever. So here's the question. You're talking about a miracle that has to show who is who. Of course it's obvious that it would be enough if there's just one difference on Aaron's stick versus everybody else's. Like his dry stick produces little buds and nobody else's does. That's, that's all you needed. But what did we have? The full cycle of growth. The entire cycle of growth, the, the buds, the, then the flowers. What takes weeks, first the buds, then the flowers, then, then the fruits. You had it all overnight. So what is that all about? The whole point of the miracle is that even, that even though a, a stick should not produce this kind of foliage, only Hashem can do it, but it was done specifically to show who Aaron is, and it wasn't a miracle, it wasn't only a miracle that remained, that was above nature, meaning, if you had this stick, this dry stick that produced these buds, you say, wow, that's a miracle, how can a dry stick produce buds? Incidentally, I I think I'm going to take a picture of it, we had a photo on Les we had this tree stump, and we had a, uh, a bonfire going in it, and totally burned out. And we notice there's a little bud coming out of it now. This burned out tree stump. It's all black and charred. And there's this little <laughs> bud coming out of it. Oh, wow. That's a miracle. But the point was here that God said, what we're trying to do is, what we're doing is working with the nature of nature. We don't want this miracle to remain above the world. But rather, we want this to be embedded into nature. 
the whole Seder of nature, the whole, the whole thing went through one night. Number one, a stick does not produce foliage, and it did. Miracle. What kind of miracle? Way above the world, not in nature. But then there's the natural part. Once it's producing foliage, it goes through all the natural stages. A bud, a flower, a fruit, in order. So you have this unusual miracle happening. It's breaking nature, but it's embedding itself into nature. Why? And it's such a crucial moment in history. Who is the Kayan? Who are the leaders? Where are we going with this whole thing? How are we getting into the land of Israel? Remember, if we're going to go into the land of Israel, it's one thing to be slaves in Egypt, Egypt, and you're basically disconnected from life altogether. And then it's another thing, 40 years wandering in the desert. And again, you're disconnected, you know, no laundry, no cooking, no this, no that, it all gets done for you. It's a whole other thing to go and live a natural life in the land of Israel, obviously. Where do we go from here? It's like the question we have now. Wow, 11 weeks of quarantine and it was so holy and it was not always pleasant and some really awful, 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 unspeakable parts to it, but it was clear that it was very holy. And then we had Montpera. How do we go from that to what seems like a lower level? Fireworks every night and rioting in the street and all of that. How do we go from that down? Kent. We must be going up. But it feels like down. Yep. Then it's clear that when nature, when it feels like we went from something higher to something lower, we clearly didn't because everything's Mylan Vakaitish. Today, in our streets today, we clearly did not fall back into an old order. We clearly are going higher. But clearly what's happening, and nature seems to be exploding, like the ten plagues, but clearly what's happening is the nature of nature is being rebooted. Something profound is happening to nature. It was one thing that we sat in our homes quarantining for 11 weeks, away from nature. No trains, no buses, no, no, no work, no this, no that. It's another thing then to reopen the city, reopen the country, reopen the world, re-enter the world. That's it. Just go back. Then that was a descent. No. Now nature is going to say, okay, you know, you just, you pulled out of nature for 11 weeks. Now nature is being transformed. It was then too. The next step that we see is clearly, although we can't explain how, is that nature is absorbing all of these changes. And it's, you can feel it. You can feel the rumbling of nature. like It's adjusting to a new reality. And it's going through lots of changes. It's like the molecular structure of nature is going through all of these profound changes. Last night when all those, I, I, I thought, all those cars went to Gracie Mansion and Big demonstration, we can't sleep, you won't sleep, honking their horns, etc. And the police have given up. The police said, no, we're not willing to do our jobs because the mayor has agreed to defund us. And we're going to, on Yudbeis Tammuz, 4th of July, we're going to strike because the mayor is no longer supporting us. The whole fabric of our society is falling apart. That's good. It wasn't such a great fabric to begin with. 
But it's not that, okay, there will be something, yes, there will be something better. But even the very fabric of the world of New York City, of the American life, its nature is being transformed. So in this case, though, so we saw with the stick of iron, it was a, a miracle that broke nature. You know, there's no foliage on the, on the dry stick. And yet at the same time, it was a miracle of nature. It was a natural miracle. Once it's doing foliage already, it's going to do all the natural steps. So you had both things going on at the same time. What's in that? What's, what's the miraculous? What's the unnatural part? Foliage on the stick. What's the natural part? Go through all the steps. What's the other unnatural part? Well, normally it takes 21 days for an almonds to, to grow. And this took overnight. So what do we know from that? We are in a time ushered in through this. And remember, the Rebbe is putting this together in a sikha where the whole focus of, it's a, a gimel time of sikha. The whole question of the sikha is, what is Gimel Tamas, really? What is it? Lots of people have lost, have feelings about Gimel Tamas and had feelings about the original Gimel Tamas or Gimel Tamas almost 30 years ago. A lot of feelings about it. Okay, we've, we've explored our feelings a lot. Now let's figure out what it is that we're exploring our feelings about. Concealment of this, of that, not the other, all that stuff. Lots and lots and lots of stuff. What is it? So in the very same circle where the Rebbe is discussing Yeshua, the time of Gimel Tammuz, the previous Rebbe, the time of Gimel Tammuz, all discussing, we're trying to figure out, we're trying to get at what Gimel Tammuz really is. Why is there a need to put in this piece about the about the stick of iron? Well, it happens to be the same parsha. Happens to be. And it's another piece in the puzzle that explains what Gimel Tamos is. Because when a, when a date comes along, when a day comes along, Torah tells us, always look at the time frame that it's in. And that will tell you what it is. What Parsha is it in? It's not just, you know, I always have to relate something to the Parsha. So, you know, that's what Jews do. So, no, 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 no. If I want information... What is this thing? Well, first tell me what the Parsha is. Because the world by definition, nature by definition, means time and space. Time and space. That's the definition of world. So if I want to know, okay, this thing that happens in the world, what is it? Okay, tell me about what time we're in. What do you mean what time we're in? What's Parsha? That will give us information about the thing that I'm trying to understand. So this Gimel Tamil day, it's in Parshat Kairach. One of the things that we're understanding from Gimel Tamil is, as we said, the nature of nature is not only being changed, transformed, it's hastening. It's getting faster and faster and faster. How do we know that? Because because this very same stick that created produced foliage, the, the how fast it happened. Remember, world nature means time and space. How fast it happened has everything to do with it. We clearly we're being told that Gimel Thomas 
It's transforming the nature of nature. One of the ways it's doing it is in how fast things happen. Whatever's going to happen, it's all going to be in a natural way. But how fast will it happen? Much faster. Not 21 days to grow almonds overnight. The moment that happened in the Parsha, that overnight the stick grew almonds instead of over 21 days, from that moment on, the nature of our world was injected with its ability to be, to, to move exponentially quickly. Asher Chris, Rabbi Asher Chris always talks about the hexabytes. Uh, you know, I don't know much about the hexabytes. How much information was, has been revealed and it's, uh, in the world from the beginning of time, from the creation of the world until what they say, the year 2000. And so the scientists say, if you can say that there were two hexabytes of information revealed in the world in 5,000 and something years, 5,750 something years, two hexabytes of information were revealed in the world. It's a lot of information. So then you would say, so then we'll need another five, and we'll need another two and a half thousand years to reveal another hexabyte of information in the world, right? Information highway. So how long did it take? Instead of two and a half thousand years, it now took, I think, ten years or less, or three years for the next hexabyte to be revealed. And then now we're at the point where you have the next hexabyte in a week, and then we're at the point where you have the next hexabyte of information revealed in 10 minutes. So if we feel like time is speeding up, it's not because just because we're getting older. Time is speeding up. Everything is, and it's not just going a little bit faster, exponentially faster. It now takes 10 minutes to accomplish what took 3,000 years. And soon 10 minutes will be a joke. Split second. And that's why he gave, it's such an excellent example. He gave the example of the genome test. That there was a certain amount of money, seven billion dollars or something, I think they need, they need set, it, it, a huge amount of money and it took seven years and they used up their budget to figure out to do the genome testing, whatever it was. And then at some point they actually finished on schedule because the technology changed, everything became sped up. And in the last year, they were nowhere. They had gotten a quarter of the way in the research after using up all their few billion dollars and all their seven years. They barely got anywhere. And they finished on schedule because the last few months, the technology sped up so much that what took them all those years and all that money was very simple to do and very inexpensive, and they finished it on time. That was the genome test. And he said, and pretty soon, it's going to be a free app. It's not going to be billions of millions of dollars, and it's not going to take eight years. He said, pretty soon, we're going to be at the point where it'll be a free app on your phone, and you will cough on your phone. You know, you'll press the app, and it will say, please cough. Hold the phone in front of you, cough, and we will tell you your whole gene pool for free. And you'll get the information back in 30 seconds. 
So everything is moving exponentially, exponentially, exponentially. This all comes out of Gimel Tammuz and the Parsha. Question is why? Why is it important to happen? So, um, Hashem says like this, Every single thing in the world was created to reveal the cause of Hashem, the glory of Hashem. And that's done through us using out the, using the world for Hashem. Sorry, I want to jump to one other part where the Rebbe is speaking about two different kinds of miracles. And the question is, which kind of miracle are we going for? One kind of miracle is um, it breaks nature, and another kind of nature is it transforms nature. What would be the problem with breaking nature? What would be the, the issue with all miracles coming along and just breaking nature? Problem is, Mashiach means living in a world of nature. If we break it, we become more elevated and the world stays the same and we never fit. Like a bad shidduch. We just never fit together. The higher we will go, every single moment, the higher we go, the deeper we get, the wiser we get, the more entrenched in truth we get, will either make us more disconnected from the world or something has to give. And the more disconnected from the world, the more everybody's just going to say, well, let's all just move to Israel and live on a yeshuv where we're learning my marm all day and somebody else will take care of our needs because the world is too crazy for us to deal with. And then pretty soon, and and some people would say, that's perfect. Everybody move to Israel, live on a yeshuv, don't deal with the world. Somebody else will have to deal with the world. All the downsides of that. Then how do we walk into Yemaisa Mashiach? Because if we go into Yemaisa Mashiach, we became more and more elevated. The world just doesn't match us. So now, okay, so Yemaisa Mashiach will be a spiritual existence without the world. We'll have two choices. Either just dump the world. It's not going to work trying to take the world with you. It's number one. And number two, Hashem says, oh, guys, Remember we were talking about Dir all of these years? Remember that? We say, yeah. Well, so what happened? We said we couldn't do it. We, said, we, just, we, just, we just couldn't do it. It was, it was too much. The world was so low, and, and we were just getting higher and higher, and we just felt like there, there, was, there was nothing in the world for us. Like, there's no Hashem, please. We just can't do it. Dir Vatach Tainim was a nice thing. You know, kids would write little papers about it in school. We can't, you know, it's nice in the Maimar. We can't do it. The world is too low. Nature will block our godly revelation. We can't do it. And Hashem is kind of debating back and forth through and with Maishar through Maishar But what about Dir I know, but they don't want us. What should I do? What should I do? Right? But what about Dir Hashem says, I want to be down here in the world. Listen, please, Hashem, give it up. Does this look like a world where you could be feel comfortable? It doesn't, right? So give up your, it was a nice dream. Give up your dear Betachtainim dream. That's almost, that's the debate that's going on in Tyre and the Gimel Tamil's debate and all of that. And then, of course, Maishur Benu comes along. So it's always the either or question. Either 
we we become more lofty and we just disconnect from the world. But then the world stays more and more coarse and there's nothing we can do about it. We just run away from it. Or we go into the world and we live in the world, but then we never, we become more and more coarse. So what do we do? Or we can't. So, of course, Maishra Benu of the generation says, let's take both. Let's transform the nature of nature and open up the pores of nature so that what you're passionate about, true godliness, it will become passionate about too. We'll do it. We can do it. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We can do it. Interesting. If we look now at, as I keep saying every single day, Matan Taira and then the chaos in the streets, what's that about? Is it possible that the chaos in the streets is an example of what it looks like when the pores of the world are opening up. And, right, it's not a normal thing. You know, let's face it, the most beautiful looking woman with, you know, she's the, she has the perfect made-up face, she's, you know, very stylish, very beautiful. You know, the pictures of the models with amazing, perfect makeup and all of that. There is a moment, we, we are not her beautician, but if we were her beautician, so when she comes to our place, we start to open up her pores, you know, we take off all the makeup and all the mascara and all the eyeliner and all the lipstick and all the stuff, and then we put hot schmatzes on her face to open up her pores, and then we take the hot, hot, hot schmatzes off, and these days, you know, her luck, somebody comes along unbeknownst to her, and she looks all kind of puffed up, so her face is all puffy from the hot rags, the hot towels on her face that are opening up the pores. Makeup, she looks lousy. Doesn't look like this, right? And somebody comes along and takes a little photo of her looking like that and makes and sends it around viral. And she looks pretty bad. Oh, you know. Really? She's in amazingly good shape. Her, her pores are now opened up to take in healthy whatever they're going to put on her face. To let go of all, you know, let go of all the impurities in your skin and they pull it all out and all that other stuff. So all the junk is going out of her skin. And then they're going to put all these very healthy creams that are going to nourish her skin and all of that. But in the meantime, when her pores are being opened up, she really has to hope that nobody secretly pulls out their cell phone and takes a picture of her. She makes her money by looking beautiful. She does not look beautiful at that moment. After the hot schmatzes are on her face. That's possibly what the world is going through right now. Hot schmatzes on the face. You know, hot towels on the face. Matantaira, Shavuos, just a couple of weeks ago. Very hot, intense revelation hitting the face of the world. And then you take the towel off. Ooh, boy, you don't look so good. Look at the world. It does not look so good. But when that woman is there, is it a good thing? She doesn't look good, but is something good happening to her? Oh, absolutely. All the impurities are coming out. And then they're going to give her nourishing things to nourish her skin. Oh, absolutely. So probably that's what's happening in the world now. All of that's happening. 
That comes through the nature of nature being transformed. And that comes through also connected to the state of Aaron. So when it comes to transforming the nature of nature, now we see why we have to, the nature of nature has to be transformed because otherwise we will have to go into Geula without nature. And that was not the whole master plan. We're taking, we're, we're going to live in a natural world. We're going to, we're going to drive cars. We're not going to, if we were, if we were going to live this spiritual existence, just, you know, bodiless angels, we could have had that a long time ago. People didn't have to give their lives out Kiddush Hashem for that. Geula will be a, a life in which you're sitting on chairs and you're eating at tables. However, the, and it will be fully, fully godly. We are not throwing away the world. There are opinions that say, I think between the Rambam and the Ramban, the Ramban says that, you know, I don't want to misquote it, but I think the Ramban says it will be a physical world and there's a way of explaining the Rambam says it'll be a spiritual world, but then the Rebbe shows how really the Rambam is saying it'll be Eilam Kamin Haganaye. It'll be a physical world. Bottom line, how the Rebbe takes, shows in every Gemara, etc., etc., how it's going to be a physical world, but godly. So, you know, that necklace that you really like, you're going to be wearing it. Don't worry. It's not. It's not going to. <laughs> Right? It's not our, my favorite necklace won't evaporate and it'll just become a spiritual energy. I'll be wearing the necklace. Etc. So here's the question though. Why is this transformation of nature? So nature needs to come along for the trip. Nature needs to come along for the trip. Okay. So why is it coming along through this question about Aranakayim? Kahuna. I got it. Nature says, Hey guys, remember dear Batakhtanim, don't leave me behind. No, don't leave me behind. I need to be transformed. I want to go too. Okay, come on along. So why Aranakayim is involved in this? Why Kahuna? What does Kahuna have to do? And remember, we said, and the way we see that nature is being transformed, and nobody's going to debate this, is it sure is speeding up. We still see a natural world, but it sure is speeding up. We don't when we want something, we don't necessarily just wave our magic wand. We do go through the channels of nature, not because we have, not because we have to, but because we want to. We've been told to go through the channels of nature. You need to get into the room, the, the, so the door is closed, turn the doorknob. Why? Turning the doorknob changes it? That's a whole other discussion maybe we'll do tomorrow. No, but Hashem says do it. But the question is, so this change in nature, why is it coming through Kuhuna? And why is it coming through this idea that, wow, nature is really speeding up. Oh, my goodness, things are getting really fast. How long does it, when I needed my phone fixed, it took three weeks till he came here and then two hours for him to climb up the pole and then another and go around my whole house and try every phone. And, and now they say, okay, ma'am, try this. 30 seconds, you're done. And that's nothing we said about the genome test. And that's nothing. Whatever we're saying now that's a wow, that will be nothing soon. The, the speed up in nature, all of nature is happening. The fact that it's speeding up is showing how it's being transformed miraculously. So in Hasidus it says, what is kahuna? The point of kahuna, birchas kainin, is that it's bringing down something from above Seder Hishtalshu. It's bringing down brachas from way up there. And therefore, it has to be very quick. 
very quick. Ad Meheri Yaritzara. And that's the reason why Hashem chose the Kahuna Ar of Aaron. And this whole, this whole thing is speaking about almonds growing very quickly. Birchas Kayanim and Kahuna is about bringing down brachas very fast. Because the way it goes is this. When there's a bracha coming down in a person's life, it comes down to all of the different places, all of the different spiritual levels. And there's a judgment at every point. Do you deserve? Do you not? By the time it gets down to you, you know, you're left with one, one little, nothing much left. You start off with this giant flow of bracha, and then it's judging, oh, stopping at another stuff. Does she deserve? I don't know, she did it. Goes to the next stage. Does she deserve? I don't know. By the time it gets down here, what's left? Not much. So what does Birchus Kainim do? It says, do not pass, excuse me, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Birchus Kainim says, you see that bracha up there? We will bless you, the Kahanim will bless you. And Birchus Kainim brings this bracha down without, it, it bypasses all the stopping points. Every place where normally a bracha would stop for a judgment to determine whether you deserve or not, it bypasses. It's, you know, those elevators that um, they go to the 130th floor or whatever. Um, no stops. Just, ooh. I went in such an elevator in the UN. It was like, ooh, and it shakes, you know. Shakes. Wow, you get to the 50th floor in about 35 seconds. Ooh, no stops. No stops, no interruptions, no judgments, nothing. No stops, just straight. This idea of Birchus Kainim, no stops. First of all, what's the good news? It gets the bracha down to you. You actually get it without it being diluted. That's what Kohanim are able to achieve for you. And then we understand there's an enormous power in this, in that if it's so fast and it's bypassing all of the natural steps, there, there is something huge, hugely miraculous in this. This is why Hashem chose the kahuna of Aaron and almonds. One of the things about almonds is they are the fastest growing fruit. 21 days is faster than any other fruit grows. So everything we're talking about here in this transformation is quick, fast. Like the sun, we're just going to relate it to you, like the sun that Yehoshua made stood still, stand still. How fast does that sun go? Very, 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 very fast. When you see something moving that fast, you understand that there's tremendous power there. It goes very, very fast. So, as, as, as it says in Chosidus, why did these why did these almonds grow overnight instead of in 21 days? And 21 days is even something shows on something very fast because Zrizus and Mihir, something very fast shows on Hamshacha from above Seder Shalchus. When you see something very quick, you understand. In that case, it's talking about something that came from a very very high place where there are a lot of goodies available for you. Um, and we can 
so this so this is the Indian. So that's why it's connected with Aaron and all about the Kahuna, lighting the Manaira, lighting up the world. The fact that we have the ability to light up the world, when you think about a Manaira, you think about Aaron lighting the Manaira, and then you think, let's say, let's relate it to the year that we're in, Tashin Pei, which is the craziest year ever. With, as I say, the four quadrants of all the four different kinds of things happening. It's the craziest year ever. As Rabbi Wolf said, we finished with the years of 770, Tavshin Ayin, 771, 772. We finished with the years of seven. We now entered the years of eight. Eight is above nature. Once you're dealing with above nature, everything is wild, very wild. Roller coaster, like he said. Boy, I told I told you guys you were going to be on a roller coaster this year, but I didn't think it was this going to be this wild. Everything moves very quickly, very very quickly, like a roller coaster. Very quickly, very wild ride. The bad news is it's very scary. The good news is a lot gets done in a short time. When you're at the top of the roller coaster. It's quite scary. Do you ever see people on the roller coaster? Their, their, their arms always, you know, they're always with their arms up. I don't think that they practice it. It's just somehow naturally it's just like, ah, everybody screams and their arms fly up. Because it's pretty scary going down the hill, going down the ride of the roller coaster. It's very intense. But you get to the bottom in record speed. So we're at a time now where the nature of nature is being transformed, which means, and it's very fast, which means we're getting to places that we need to get to, Gula, in record speed. It feels to us like it's just insanity. Nothing makes sense. But the truth behind it is, like this stick of Aaron, it's there, it's Tyra telling us about Gimel Tamos, we are getting somewhere in record speed. Where are we going? There's only one place to go, Geula. And we need to get there in record speed. And not only how fast we get there, but how powerfully we get there. The quickness shows on its power, how powerfully we get there. What does that mean, power? What's a powerful Geula? What's a weak Geula? A weak Geula is not everybody's that interested. And even nature itself is not that interested. And yeah, it's okay. A powerful gaula is everybody's on board. Everybody wants it. Everybody's a part of it. Everybody owns it. Nature owns it. All the people in the world own it. Everybody in the world says the old way is no good anymore. We need something new. And, and, and Tyra comes along and says, if you're wondering what the new is, <clears throat> it's the truth of Geula. And it's the truth of the Dvar Elohim, the Dvar Havaya, the fact that God is within every single thing. Enod Novade. And we see it all over the streets now. The the chaos that's saying, um, you know, nature, it's the ten makers. I, didn't, I think always before Pesach, these couple of years, we have, oh, yeah, we had 
the right, the there were locusts in some place in the world, and then there were we got videos of literally bright red river somewhere. All of these kind of third world countries, a whole bunch of those makas happening, absolutely, literally, physically. And then maybe we're in <clears throat> maybe we're in makas pachiris at this point. Maybe we're in a situation where those who try to run the country or try to run the state or the city and you want to be, you know, called to task, who are not standing for Tyrus Emmis, they're going to fight each other off. They're going to fight each other off. They're, it's their last Anybody who's not standing up for truth anymore, anybody who's not standing for truth anymore, it's their last stand. They don't have much left to stand for. They don't have a leg to stand on anymore because nature is being transformed. And specifically, as we said, with this stick of iron, through the stick of iron, with the assistance, with the proof that Aaron Akayan and Maishra Benu, they are the ones that through which all of this stuff is led to its final point. Through Aaron who lights the Manaira, oh yeah, we were saying the Manaira of eight, we'll go into it a different day. Through Aaron who lights the Manaira, we light the Manaira. And the Manaira lights up the entire world. We light up the entire world. So we want to know what our role is in this transformation of the nature and of nature. So why Aaron, the one who lights the Manaira? He enables us to also light the Manaira. We are the, the, we're the, right? Cliche by now, the lamplighters of the world. When the world goes on to, into chaos and says, nothing's any good anymore, we need to be there to say, we'll show you the truth. Would you be interested in hearing some truth? Not a simple thing to do, but that's what we're there for. And to teach the Meshavah Mitzvahs, etc. So ye Russian, may we find ourselves with the full transformation of nature before Gimel Tammuz and before Yud Beis Tammuz, 4th of July, Chagadula, when the Fidik Rebbe says, it's not just me who's redeemed, but everyone, to find ourselves in the Gula Mitzvah immediately now. Yeah.